film sucks Indie film sucks It's the Indie Film Sucks Podcast Yeah Streets of St. Louis from a basement on South Broadway, the Any Film Sucks podcast. Uh, Take two. Forgot to record the first fucking time, so here we are again. <laughs> we was only 35, 40 minutes Yeah, out, it's so. fine. It was you honestly some of our best stuff. You, yeah. didn't, you, didn't, you didn't miss anything. <laughs> hey, we have James Dean back again. Hey, hey, what's up, James? How you doing? <laughs> this is my third episode, but second recorded. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right, we got Chris Mackey, Chris Greg, and Brock Roberts here, and uh, awesome James Dean. Back for round two. Woo! Round two, yeah. Well, yeah, two. <laughs> two and a half. Two and a half. <laughs> two and a half. 2.5. My suck was not having enough time in the day. Um, wishing I had more people, more versions of myself to <laughs> craft, um, you know, just everything that needs to be done when it comes to filmmaking. Outside of the art, like the business side of it. Well, I mean, even the art side of it, but like just all of it. It's yeah, just too for, much. Forget the art side. I mean, it's right. important. No, I mean, <laughs> but, no, you're right. But the... The back end stuff yeah. is so much more at our level. It's so much more important, and it's so much more work, and it's it's not the fun stuff. It's no. not the fun work. It's it's the grind that you got to do. Yeah, if you don't do it, it's to your detriment. And that's the in between stuff. But let's go to the fun stuff. Real quick. <laughs> <laughs> so the fun stuff of uh, independent film is every now and then we get to see our work in front of a crowd. Right. Yeah. And we got to see Triple Xmas, and uh, I want to hear about your experience on that. It was a lot of fun because it was my first time with an audience around me, um, as opposed to our first film, which was at a drive-in, and it's just it's different. You know, everyone's in cars and. I remember with that one, I went from car to car at different scenes just to like see people's reactions. I was like, oh yeah, you know, Brian Davis has a moment right here. I'm going to go over to his car and make sure I see how his reaction... Hey, here, his... here you are. Here's your... yeah, yeah. Oh, shit, we missed it. This is a big moment. We just missed it. Oh, never mind, never mind. Uh, I'll be with a Jesus coming. I've had that happen to me, man. I, I was with, like, here, in it Ryan, comes. here it comes. In Rhineland, I had some relatives sitting next to us. And they saw me on camera. Like, oh, hey, there you are! <laughs> I had one line right there. You just fucked it all up. <laughs> but yeah, that's great. No, yeah, yeah it's it, at our screening. Uh, it was, I think, your relatives sitting in front of me were like taking pictures of the screen and like everything was lit up. I'm like, wow, really? Yeah. Thank you. But anyway, I, I was at I was at Days of the Dead uh, horror convention three four weeks ago. There was some filmmakers. I went and saw their short films, and the one guy who was somehow involved with the film. I'm not sure exactly what all he, he was doing. Like six foot four. Jeez. And like he had a full throw. And he was sitting in the middle. And like the, the, the third of the screen was blocked. And like it was a packed theater. So or a packed room. You couldn't move. I couldn't, I couldn't really. I was like, I want to see this. But I'm like, <laughs> I kept leaning over. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, it was definitely an energy that I've never experienced before. Okay. And watching people or listening to people react to things that worked... And then the things that didn't work, it was just, it was really interesting. It was, it, it was very informative as far as watching what did and didn't work. And then listening to people enjoy one moment or not getting a moment. There's one joke that every time I saw it, I thought was just the funniest thing in the world. It wasn't even something I wrote and like, no one laughs at it. Like no one's I laughed at it any of the viewings. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I don't no, know. The, the energy was good. I was there. There's a yeah. lot of good, a lot of people were there having a good time. And uh, the group, <laughs> you had some actors there to see it with you. Oh yeah, they for had, sure. Yeah, they had yeah, a great time. Yeah, there was a there were a lot of people that I've worked with before um, in different ways, but this was like their first like major premiere, like film premiere. So yeah. they were coming out and they were like really like dressed up and everything. You got you guys dressed better at my premiere than I dressed at my premiere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I, I've I've said before, and I know that people like whatever they probably just like think i'm weird and i am but like i said the only way i'd ever have a red carpet is if we spilled blood on it because like i'm just not yeah you know i understand i understand dressing up i mean you guys all looked great you're from me like i said well, <laughs> and i i showed my, my up. wife made me no no no, no and i get it i showed up in a freaking hoodie you yes, know and right. I mean, you know what 
That's, yeah. I think I wore the same thing to my premiere as I wore to yours. I think you did. <laughs> is that right? no, it's, isn't some of that about the people that are coming, you know, yeah. to experience? Jack, uh, Brock, you always talk about the experience. Yeah, we... we Creating experience yeah, for we, the exactly. film goers. Right, right. I, for me, a lot of it is... It took five, six, seven years ago, I would never have sat here in front of cameras and been here talking to you like this. I do not like being the center of attention. You know, I do not like... You could tell. I said, a few, I said a few words at the end of the movie, <laughs> and like I, I was like, okay, here we go. Yeah, there was no Q&A. I was <laughs> yeah. like, okay, guys, thanks a lot. See you later. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, and that's a whole other thing. Like, I would have done it, but they asked me if I wanted to, and I was like, I don't I don't think we need yeah, it. Show me your love by buying a DVD. Yeah, or yeah. Blu-ray. I, mean, I, I think we're going to do a Q&A at the Arcade Inn, and I think now I'm not quite as exhausted, so I can probably do that and have halfway decent answers. But that night especially, I was so tired. Yeah. Well, you put in a lot of work just to get the the viewing of it there. Yeah. Like, I know what kind of work we had to do, and well, mostly Chris Gregg. And, right. <laughs> to, to make sure the picture looked right. Right. Because it'll look different at different theaters. And you want to make sure it turns out just fine for this big premiere here in St. Louis. Because yeah. you've been at DCP... And we had thought about that, but I was like, ah, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna mess with that. We're just gonna go because we thought about doing a pro res. Like, ah, according to the uh, guy who runs the theater, is like, well, pro res usually has problems. Like, all right, we're just gonna go with a high quality MPEG four, yeah. and hope for the best. And we still had to, we had to test that and redo that like five times, so we got it right. Yeah, that that's tough. Like, and also the interesting thing is, is like the way it looked at the high point was slightly different than how it looked now. <clears throat> it was a Blu-ray at uh, the Philly premiere versus the DCP, but the DCP at the high point was a little darker, which actually worked fine. It was more, it was closer to how it looked when I graded it, and then I checked it on like four different monitors. In Philly, it it was brighter, which mm. was interesting. It wasn't like horrifically brighter, but it was definitely at least one stop, at least one, probably two, brighter than what I had graded it as. So, like, being able to see it firsthand on a screen, definitely. And maybe it's because I used a DCP at the high point. Maybe it's just the brightness of their... I, I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, that's just the hardest thing to deal with is what is the movie going to look like at various screens because it's always a crapshoot. Yeah. And and I I don't think I've ever really been truly happy at any screening I've ever done anywhere, and I've been really miserable at some. Right. It's, it's interesting. So you had someone color grade your film, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, again, uh, I did not use, I do not have access to even a low-end color calibrated monitor. So I had to use the scopes to reference myself, mm-hmm. and then I had to put on a laptop and then my phone, and then I checked it someone else's TV to get an idea of what it was going to look like, you know. And I think the best representation was on a laptop and a phone, uh, personally. I, th- I think those were the best because those monitors probably are kind of, calibrated in a specific way or the yeah. screens rather but like if you're not using a color calibrated monitor and you're color grading it's kind of like oh well where's the you know yeah where you don't know things? what their true finish is yeah 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 even just brightness levels you mm-hmm. know i mean yeah it's it's tough you know and then indie film you're doing a lot of it yourself you know yeah i mean we were able to go down the high point several times were you able to go down there several times and to, like, the, to yeah. high point yeah and just yeah. work it and work it and right work right it. yeah yeah so i i went down I mean, essentially three times all in one day. <laughs> um, it was interesting because, like, at first it wasn't the right file format. Like, the the, the actual USB drive wasn't the correct format. Or, or the SSD, rather, uh, wasn't the right file format. It was, like, XFAT when it should have been NTFS. And their, their intake system couldn't read it. Mm. Okay, well, let me go and get... You know, let me go get a flash drive from Micro Center and then come back and then we transferred it with their laptop over to the USB... Tried it again, and then we realized the DCP I made was not right. So, you know, we're three hours later at that point. I had to go back home and do a couple promotional interview things, which is a 45-minute drive the opposite direction. Fuck. Did my... Right, yeah. Uh, So while I was doing my interviews, I actually had to... I I was creating the DCP then. So I'm doing interviews via Zoom. Mm. My computer's creating the the new DCP, which took like two and a half, three hours. (laughs) And then when it was done, to test it, I had to go all the way back down there again. So what's your suck again? <laughs> oh, it's... I, yeah. <laughs> Not having enough time, man. Not yeah. having enough time in the day. And yeah. how many days before the That screening? was two days before. Okay, yeah. so yeah. Yeah, plenty of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But here's the thing. Like, a lot of times I feel like I have something else 
that my time has already been allocated to do for those other days, you know, um, either like a combination of work or like I had to go pick up the post. No, that was your day to get it right. Yeah, and, yeah, it, it was. you still yeah, went yeah, long. That was my day off. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't realize. All I know is you said sometimes you go to festivals and you don't get a shot. No. To test. Oh. And, yeah. and you got what you got. And sometimes it's, like you said, it looks like horrible. Yeah. And it's yeah. miserable sitting there and you're like, why are we here? <laughs> yeah, because I mean, because they're, they're the festival's running. You know, who knows how many films and they're on a right. tight timeline. So no, you you have you you give them the best file you possibly can and you hope for the best. And I mean, sometimes you do well, other times you shoot craps, and that's just yeah. that's just how it is. And, and you, you paid them to be in it. Yes, <laughs> yes, you paid them to be in it, and then you just sit there and you just sweat it out. God. And then afterwards, you you try to explain, no, the film is not really this shitty. Uh, <laughs> and you know, people. Filmmakers get it. Right, right. Right. Other people, not so much. You don't just pay to be in the festival. You pay for a chance to be in the festival. That's right. I just want to correct you there. Yes, thank you yes. for that correction, because that is very true. And then once it does enter, then you see just how shitty it looks. Yeah. Oh. After you pay to get there, put yeah, a hotel right, room, right, 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 whatever you get. But to. the good right. news is, you're probably only going to have like five or six people who stick around to watch your movie anyway. Yeah. So three of us plus three more? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just well, I got thing, the math right. One thing you can't control, like you can't control the, the viewing or how many people is going to show, but you, you can't control what you're good at is yeah. controlling your message on social media. Right. So I'm curious on, on how you, you got to that point where you're just like, all right, this is what I'm going to fucking do. This is how I'm going to do it. We get to see what you're doing, but I'm, I want the audience to understand your process of how you, how you get it out there so, so well. I, I think it's... I, I'm not 100% confident that I get it out there so well. I'm going to be honest with you guys. No, I, that, better than we get our shit out. So I, I think it's a process. I think, you know, when we had our podcast... Uh, I don't feel like, I mean, Facebook, I had much better results on than like Twitter, you know? And so like now I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Okay. One of my producers was on this app called Slasher for a while, and it's all just horror. And I don't, yeah, I don't think anything ever happened with that. But, you know, it's, it's out there. One thing that's definitely very, very smart to do is if you're trying to promote anything, it doesn't matter if it's a book sale, if you have a new bottled water you're selling, whatever. It doesn't matter. Hair product, it, it does not matter. You looked at me at water and hair product. Well, water, and then you have good hair. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the the I I think the idea is is that if you're going to make one promotional post a day, then you need to make two to three that are not related to mm-hmm. the promotional. Yeah. Or if you're really good, or if you can figure out a way, make a post that isn't directly related to the film, but does come back around insinuating the film somehow. You know, like I, I posted a stupid gif earlier of Santa throwing someone out a window. That's yeah. not from my film. That's <laughs> no. from, and I didn't even mention my film. But, you know, people are, it's Christmas sure. anyway, but people are thinking, oh, killer Santas, and it's, it's on theme. You know, I just made a post about Gremlins. That's a Christmas-themed film, and I'm trying to, like, keep those kinds of things going. Um, it's tough doing that because I don't always have time to watch films and then post about them. <laughs> sure. So, like, if I have to watch a two-hour film and then write something that's halfway illegible, which is tough enough... And then post it two and a half hours in, you know, for one post that 10 people might like, that doesn't necessarily add up in my favor. So sometimes just coming up with stuff that you've already seen or, you know, yeah, I think finding new ways to talk about the same thing is the best way to go about doing it. And then we kind of talked about like cutting different uh, promotional material. Right. Um, So I I had very long flights and I was sitting there on my phone and I was the cheapest flight you could get. So they had no Wi-Fi. So I had downloaded a few shows and then I was sitting there making memes on my phone for Christmas themed memes that could, that are specifically related to triple Xmas, you know? So while I was on the plane, I was making stupid memes. Like, you know, is that really going to promote the film? Well, it has a few people, like, from the film in the memes. And if people laugh at it and they find it funny, it kind of just reinforces, hey, there's this film that's out there and maybe you will watch it, you know? Well, know. well you're, why were you on a plane? Oh, I was going to Philly, yeah, for, okay. uh, for a premiere, yeah. So. <laughs> okay, so it's not only in, just in St. Louis. You have a couple other cities you're going to... Yeah, yeah. Well, so how was, how was the Philly screening? The Philly screening was good. Um, it was so we had about 125 roughly in St. Louis. We had about 50 in Philly. Mm-hmm. So I turned to my right. There was a guy that drove two hours to come see it. And nice. I, and and it, 
I, I don't know why I put the guy on the spot, but I was like, what'd you think? And I think it was my instinct. I think it was my instinct of like looking to the guy next to me, my friend, usually my nephew, whoever, after we watched a movie together and I'd be like, what'd you think? Right. And that was kind of my, and he looked at me, he goes, that was a lot better than I was expecting. I said, I'll take, I'll take that as a win. Wow, okay. He even knew the response, didn't, wow. he, didn't he, Chris? I'll, I'll, I'll take that as a win. Okay. You had fun with it. Good. He bought a Blu-ray. He left. Okay, cool. <laughs> you know, so yeah, no, we um we have screenings. Uh, we had one at High Point in St. Louis. We had one in Philly. We have another one this Friday at the Arcaden, which is a micro cinema and bar mm-hmm. over. Uh, I think it's like Bevo. It's like yeah. South St. Yep. Louis kind of yep. area. Yep. I think Gravoy. Yeah, we have some coming up in New Orleans also. And Very that's cool. Twentieth and twenty first, I believe. Um, yeah. And internationally. Internationally. Oh, yeah. yeah. Per, and per, I f- totally forgot. Yeah. Um, so in July, they uh, someone had contacted me and was asking me a bunch of questions about it. And so it's going to be shown also in Perth, Australia. They're doing uh, Christmas in July. I was getting ready to say that. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. That is, that's a... <laughs> Imagine that. Wow. Like deja vu. It is all over again. Right. Well, I'm curious how you got them into those places, to be honest. Right. So it was kind of a combination of, I reached out to a lot of theaters. I did not reach out to Perth. Someone reached out to me. So I think that goes back to also finding people, like, even if all three of you are posting things all day long, you're only going to have the reach you have. Right. Right. I think it might be more beneficial to find others to share it also, you know, and to that have Agreed. bigger followings or that half the people on your friends list, I don't know if you have 500 friends, what if 100 of them are friends and family that don't like horror? So 20% of your fr- Facebook friends aren't even, they don't even count because, sure. you know, so it doesn't matter. Right. Finding people that have followings that are specific to what you're working on is so vital. And I think from one person that you've networked with, they can put you in touch with someone else and that one person can make all the difference. Mm -hmm. So I think the more networking you do, the more talking to people and building these relationships, you know, um, nightmare toys, I think is her name. She's on Instagram. She's on Twitter. She has 20 something thousand followers. She has a successful horror themed toy company. I'd never talked to her before ever in my life. She knew one of the people involved. They told me to contact her. I just finally did it today. She's like, yeah, I want to see this movie. I sent it her way, you know. Now, there's also a handful of people that I know that I've been talking to for a long time that have bigger followings. I reached out to six or seven today. Only two got back to me. Mm -hmm. That's fine. That's no big deal. If they want to watch it, they'll check it out, you know. Um, But I know that for the most part, not every single one of them are geared down to specifically horror, but most of them are like horror like fans and that's what they post about and that's their whole like theme you know Mm. so it doesn't hurt yeah i think that's where you've done a great job too with getting down to that small niche yeah where you knew who that target audience was you can go after these people that are very specific in what you made for the exploitation and how you made that type of movie so i think that was very intelligent of you to do that and I think you're really well, maximizing you. that strategy from a marketing standpoint and really just pinpointing these people right. and saying, hey, you're into what I'm into. Here's something I did. What do you think? Right. I, you know. On the flip side of that, Fontaine, the Vengeful Nun Who Wouldn't Die is also very like specific. And some people loved it. Some people hated it. Whatever. But it didn't do very well. Okay. <laughs> and... My marketing, my ability to market, and my knowledge of marketing has grown since then. It's been a couple of years. The Indiegogo taught me a lot as far as like reaching out to people. I think having the right people in your film also will do a lot. Anyone that has a presence of any kind. I, I had just started like really digging into like IMDb Pro the other day, and I was looking at the star meters. Yeah. I don't care where I'm at on the star meter. I don't really care the people I work with are on star meters. I probably should. And then I started dissecting where certain people were and where other people were. And like some of them really shocked me. You have people that are well known in the horror, you know, industry for 40 years and they're at a certain point and you have someone that just been doing it for three years and they're not far behind just because of what they're doing on screen or if they're showing a little more nudity, they're, they're liked very highly with guys, you know? And if you're selling a film that has a lot of nudity, that's some of your audience, you know? I tried, um... I've tried with very limited success Facebook ads, especially for the premieres. And then I'll, yeah, I haven't had much what'd you luck think? with those. What do you think? Um, it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. I am trying them in small doses. I know uh, Jay Horton, who we kind of talked about a little bit uh, beforehand, 
he has always recommended if you're going to try a new ad like format to do one or two dollars a day as opposed to like throwing a couple hundred dollars for a seven five seven days i've definitely kept it on the lower end 30 40 dollars for a week just to see how, what was going to come back to me but right off the bat i knew for both of these films that my audience were males that were 30 to 65 and I then like kept checking on who was clicking through mm -hmm. and it turned out that the audience is males like 32 to 58. I'll make that adjustment if it's going to sure. narrow it down a little bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, if it's making my money go a little further, sure. I think finding that is Facebook ads are weird. There's like five different interfaces to do the same thing. Each one seems to get more complicated and it's, it's, I don't know. Yeah. It's something I really would like to learn a lot better. It's a job in itself. Just learning that right there. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I think social media in general is like a whole, I mean, it is. Yeah. People do that professionally. Yeah, there is. That's professional. It is professional. Yeah. And the people that are good at it are really, really good at yeah. it. Cause you said there's a mix of, if I just keep pushing my movie on people, pushing, asking them, doing this, it, it doesn't work. No. Cause people are just like, oh, there's James Dean. Again. Right. God bless, you know, come right. on James, you know, but you got a good mix of, Here's a fun little thing. I'm not asking you for anything. Here's a great movie I saw. Yeah. Let's let's chat about it, right? But you stay in my feed. Right. Or you stay on something. Every once in a while, I'll see Triple X Mix come up and go, oh, man, he's in Perth, or he's doing this, right. or he's doing right. that, and gives me something maybe to reach out to you for. Hey, how'd you do that? Or what, what was your thing there? So I think you're doing a good job of it. Thank you. And even though there's such a more professional level that we can all sure, get better at. Sure. Did you go to any uh, conventions or anything? Or did you, did you do well, any of that? We went to Days of the Dead. Okay. Uh, and that, Like I said, that was about a month ago. And I learned things even just from that, like just from going there, you know. One, we were able to break even, but in like... And that's a lot because by the time you go there and pay 400 for a table and 300 for a hotel room mm -hmm. and food and everything, you know, you have to sell so much just to break even. Yeah. But I met a lot of people um, and they were filmmakers and they were fans and like hopefully they'll stick around. I had some people buy Fontaine. They didn't know what Fontaine was, you know, our first film. So it was nice that people not only bought our first film, but then they bought our last film. And the one guy came up and we shared the table with Jessa and she had like seven films that she's been in. And the guy picked up every single one of her films. And then he's looked over at us and like, obviously our, you know, we're not, right. <laughs> our boobs weren't out. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but he looked at us and he's like, yeah, I'll take those two also. <laughs> like, okay. I, I'm not, you know, sure. Right. Yeah. One thing that I thought was really important to like, to kind of take into consideration, at least for days of the dead is I made sure to introduce myself to someone I've been friends with online for a while, but only talked to a couple times, but he runs the film festival there. And it's not a film festival like your typical film festival, I feel like. And maybe I'm wrong because I haven't been to any other film festivals, but you get a free table. I don't care oh. if my stuff plays. If I'm getting a $400 free table, play my film, more people will see it, plus I have a free table. Now we're talking like money-wise how I can make this make sense. Right. You know? And then all I have to do is cover my hotel and food. It's, you know, like it, that makes sense to me. That's like, how the people that know how to do this circuit right. are doing it. Well, interesting enough, a lot of the people that had films play there, there was one guy that seemed like he just understood the game through and through. And I think his film had Tony Todd in it, and he probably had a little more experience. And there were other filmmakers I met who were definitely like just starting out. I liked their stuff. I talked to them. They bought the, you know, we, we did a lot of networking. But, like, they didn't really have anything other than stickers to hand out. They had nothing to sell. Mm. Like, if I go there, I guarantee you, if I'm playing something, I'm selling whatever I can at this point. Right. <laughs> and we talked about, like, having your second movie is better than your first. Would you mm -hmm. say that? Yeah, you I think so. It makes more yeah. experience, yeah, right? Yeah, I think it's, so. it's, yeah. it's probably a little more. So we, that second movie will drive that first movie, like right. you said. Right. We even had a couple of, uh, another movie out at our premiere mm -hmm. yeah. that people were like, oh, what's this? It wasn't even horror generated yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah, but they're yeah, like, yeah. what's this? So we were able to sell other DVDs just by having it at the table. Yeah. So I think that's important when you say, that you know. Make, that makes sense because then they see what you can do. And like, I don't think everyone expects, especially with indie film, they don't expect it, some people do, but they don't expect it to be like super polished necessarily. They understand. I think people, especially at a premiere for indie film, understand, especially if they just saw your film, they know there's going to be flaws. You know, we're not working at the $20 million no. budget where things can be, oh, okay, we need to fly this actor back in and pay mm -hmm. them another, you know, whatever. Like, that doesn't happen with indie film too much. Right. <laughs> and so they understand there's going to be mistakes and they, they're forgiving, they're a little more forgiving with that. But then I think it's it's cool to watch, like, the growth, you know? Even just watching your trailers... Like it was, it was so awesome watching your trailers and seeing. Oh, okay, I could see where that was, and then this, and then, and then oh. watching the, 
right. our, tra- our trailers that we screened before yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Red yeah. Night. Yeah. Yeah. And then watching Red Night, I was like, holy shit, like, you know, it's growth, you know? Like, mm-hmm. that's that's awesome. It was always an idea of mine to go to conventions and sell physical media. My goal was to do that once I had three films. Uh, I only had two, but I also found out that Felissa was going to be there, and it was a five-hour drive, so we got the table, and we went there. Felissa's in Triple Xmas, so it just made sense. Um, How was she to work with? She was fantastic. She is... Honestly, one of the sweetest humans I've ever met in my life. I have a story. So my house was on the way. Her hotel was on the way to set from my house. So it just made sense for me to pick her up the one day. <laughs> I picked her up and we're on the way to like, you know, take her and she's going to get bloody this day. And we're killing a bunch of people and it's just chaos. <laughs> and on the way there, we're ta- she's telling me, she's like, you know, I just love love. And we started talking about like falling in love and being in love and... <laughs> Like, she is one of the most kindest, sweetest uh, people I've ever met. Uh, I think she's Buddhist. I could be wrong about that. But, like, when you meet her and talk to her, there's definitely, like, this centered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you could show up and have that person that's just negative, really negative, and she will almost ignore it and just still be positive. And I, you've been, you know, you know how that is on set. It only <laughs> takes one person to bring everything down. Very so true. Especially when, when you, it's late or you're running, yeah. I mean, like, and things go wrong yes. on an indie film set. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. like, having those people around that have that presence, especially with someone that's been doing this for 40 years and is so well-liked, there's a lot of reasons she's that well-liked. She hugs every fan at a con, and she spends time with every single every single person. I At Days of the Dead, I went, and I didn't want to bother her because, you know, people are getting autographs and all that stuff, but I eventually, later on in the day, I went over there to say hi she gave me a hug. She's like, people have been coming over here with Blu-rays and posters and everything. And then she's like, oh my God, it's Eileen. Like, you know who Eileen is, right? And I turned around, it was Eileen Dietz from The Exorcist. She's like, you need to put Eileen in something. And like, I'm sitting here talking to someone that was in The Exorcist right. and then like Felissa and I'm sitting here in the middle like a big doof. And I'm like, let me get out of your way because they were trying to hug each other. Yeah, excuse me. <laughs> right, 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 right. But she was, yeah, she's, she's amazing. So is your strategy to go to more? I would like three to five this next year okay probably now um, would you plan that around her schedule like to try oh, to um, maybe i i don't know it, maybe it, she's at almost all of them it feel i feel like okay. <laughs> like if there's a big con that's out there i think she's at it usually i i just think it would be the ones that are closest or that i know people at probably I definitely want to do a couple cons after Absolution comes out if the timing is right. I'm right now looking at probably fall for that, so we'll see. And then, of course, like fall going on will lend itself to more Christmas-themed sales and whatnot as far as Triple Xmas. So. And my guess is, you know, going to new cons, people will never have heard of that still next year. <laughs> you know, so like, you know. Are like, you doing oh, festivals at all? Nah. Yeah, I mean it's it's online. People want to watch it; they can rent it. Um, yeah, tell know. us about that. Actually, it's on newvillagevideo.com. Okay. So it's not on like you can't just like pull it up on your Samsung TV, but you can laptop, tablet. You can you can cast it from those devices to your TV. Sure. Yeah, it's it's on there. They definitely lend themselves to like exploitation and indie films. Um, I didn't know when I signed up with them, but apparently one of the co-owners is a filmmaker also. And she seems awesome. Like, I just dealt with Larry at first, the, the, the co-owner, mm-hmm. and he seemed nice, you know, and the deal was good. Um, I was able to, that was kind of, I don't want to say backup plan, but that was my safety net as far as I knew I was going to go with them first. I knew I was going to go with them first because it only took a week from me delivering the film and all the artwork and everything to get for it to go live. Uh, and then the other ones are like Amazon and Tubi and whatnot, and that takes a lot longer. I go through Film Hub typically, which is an aggregator, but right now they've been going through like a redevelopment phase with their site and everything, and I've heard nothing but like kind of iffy stuff as far as like your film getting out on time. And What is on time? What What's the time frame they give? So that's the other thing with Film Hub is right now they don't give you a time. Oh, damn. They basically put it out into an open market, and then first thing is, it shows if, like, a site selects it. So Amazon's already selected Triple Xmas. That doesn't even mean it's ever going to go on their site. Um, and then it can take, supposed to, I think, if you wait 12 weeks, you're supposed to email them to get feedback. Mm. They did just start a new process where you can pre-plan very specific release dates. Um, but that cost extra. Okay. Everything costs, you know, they're supposed to be an aggregator. They, I know initially we're talking about that they weren't a production company or a distributor. They were like a tech company that like put the 
put the two pieces together. It's interesting. Hmm. With Fontaine, I wanted to go to Tubi directly, and I wanted to approach them directly, and I started looking into everything as far as the artwork and all their specifications. And then I got so far, and I realized that a year earlier, they stopped taking submissions directly. Yep. And now it's through Film Hub. Yeah. I just yeah. told these guys that tonight. Yeah, 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 <laughs> I was yeah, yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. hey, so much for Tubi just being off the list yeah. going direct. I think Tubi is in the process of becoming what Amazon was five, six years ago, mm-hmm. which was the best one that would, the best platform that would pay you out and the most friendly to indie filmmakers. But it also means that in the next couple of years, it won't be it's that. It's going to be somebody else. It'll be somebody yep. else. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They'll build that platform, it'll become popular. And then, yeah. yeah. So is is this just for a certain territory, like North America? No, this is anywhere. Is it global? Yeah, anywhere. Okay. Although there was an Egyptian guy who said he couldn't download or he couldn't access it, but I think that's more to do with his country not wanting him to... See view. some exploitation, yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably, yeah. 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 So, yeah, it should be anywhere that, um, anywhere that you have internet and your country's not blocking you access to certain sites, you should be fine. To, okay. Yeah, yeah. You happy with the deal? You happy? Uh... Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that they are, yeah, I think they're great with that. They're very transparent? They're very transparent. They will give you quarterly reports, which is, I mean, that's fine. I know another filmmaker, so this is how I kind of even was turned on to them. Another filmmaker I had interviewed put out a movie called Murder Size. You saw the trailer. Yep. You saw the trailer. Yep. And Drew Marvick and Jessa Flux, uh, two people that are in Triple Xmas, they actually are in that film. And he premiered their film there. And they were the number one selling. He's... So talking about watching people and like taking little bits from people and how you can use one person's tactics and then maybe combine them with someone else's tactics and kind of create your own path forward. I've been watching Angie and Paul Ragsdale and how they approach things for a while. And we interviewed them. They, they do primarily like slashers and exploitation films. And it always involves like nudity or girls running around in lingerie and I didn't go full on the same way they went with the marketing and maybe that'll hurt me. They are very front and center with showing like Mm. girls with very little clothing on all of their marketing, Mm -hmm. which is fine. Like I understand that'll get the clicks, you Mm -hmm. know, Um, I've seen even people do that with stories where they, the story is something completely unrelated, but they'll show a bait. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Exactly. Yeah. 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 I've never touched those things. Yeah. No, uh, no, you don't know what he's talking yeah. about. No. I've I've heard. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> oh no, I mean like I just yeah I think being as like authentic as possible is probably the way to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least the the illusion of being authentic. Yeah. I I have a hard time. I was talking to someone. This is not about filmmaking at all. I was talking to someone about posting like pictures of me and my girlfriend. I'm I, I I'm ridiculous. I'm in love with this person, right? And, like, sometimes it feels inauthentic for me to post pictures of me and her on social media and tell people that, even though I am. Mm -hmm. And I do it every so often, and it's not for anyone's benefit but my own. And But sometimes it just feels... Sometimes social media feels pretty hollow to me, Mm -hmm. you know? No, it is. You think? Yeah. No, it it, it really does. And, like... Yeah. Well, what... Why are you putting something out there? It's for that feeling that you get back? Maybe for you it's whatever it is. No, I'm just... That's yeah, it. no, I don't know. I, Probably 90% of the people that are using it for that, they yeah. want something back from it. Yeah. Sure. It's yeah. that dopamine hit. It's exactly yeah, yeah, what it yeah. is. Yeah. So it's it makes yeah. you feel special or you want something from somebody. Go buy a movie. Right. Go check this right. out. See what I'm doing. See what I'm about. Whether it's fake, real, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. That's... Because that's the thing. I mean, all of us... <laughs> Everyone we've interviewed, us included, we're, we're all after the same thing. This we're all trying to get our films out there. We're all trying to get people to to buy our films, to buy into us mm-hmm. as filmmakers, so we we can make another movie. You know, yeah. we all go about it. You know, we might go about it in a roundabout way, but we're all after the exact same thing. Yeah, that's why I appreciate it James on here because you talk honestly. Well, you know, you talk yeah. honestly and open about your experiences. Yeah. Going, this is what I did. This is how I did it. I had a backup plan, knowing I might go with this company. But you also had that to say, I'm not gonna go anywhere unless I have some place for them to go see my movie. Right. Right. Yeah. I no, have to yeah. give them something at the end of this to go. Right. Hey, by the way, this is available here. Or do you have a Blu-ray or whatever you have? Right. Right. And also l- earlier that week, anyone that purchased any kind of physical media on um, through our Indiegogo. Uh, I sent out screeners, and those screeners are just a YouTube link, you know. I, it, eventually, someone's going to pirate the movie, you know. Yeah, right. Probably, uh, probably, probably, probably ten right minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. Ten minutes ago. There's a filmmaker, uh, his name is Sean Burkett, and you may have never heard of his film, but 
it has done very well. His first one was called Don't Fuck in the Woods. He made a sequel. <laughs> I have heard of you it. Saw, you saw the sequel's uh, trailer. I played the sequel's trailer, I think. Or maybe I played it in Philly. I, I, don't, think he, I don't think he played it okay, in St. Louis. I, so, I love so, it. so Don't Fuck in the Woods, right? Um, his second one is, uh, it's a completely, as far as quality, it's like 10 steps up. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, com- you know, first one was very, very amateur effort. You know, sure. but, but It was like so much that it was pirated two million times, they found oh. out. That poor wow. guy. That sucks. Right, right, right. And it still made them pretty decent money based on the numbers he was telling me. So, mm. like, it's going to happen. You know, mm. they found some level of distribution. They have a sales agent. You know, they went the whole route with that. And um, I don't know how much they spent on that, but it wasn't, it had to be well under 20 grand. Right. You know, and it does hurt. And I think, oh, two million people pirated this film. If each one would have just paid a dollar. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I get half of somebody, I'd have a million bucks. Exactly. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I think what you said is exactly right, though. Like, my interest with social media, I probably, I might get rid of it altogether if it wasn't for me wanting to connect with people and to be able to make more things in the future. Mm-hmm. That's what it's, it's about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, well, here's, it all serves that. Here's the thing I've learned. I'm, I've always been supportive of other filmmakers. Mm-hmm. I've always, you know, try to go out and see other people's stuff. I mean, can you see everything? No, no. you can't. Yeah. It, just, it just doesn't work out that way. But I think there's a lot of filmmakers I know who never go see and never support anyone else's shit but their own. It's like, that's such a mistake. You've got to involve yourself in the community mm-hmm. if you want the community to involve yourself with you. That's uh, Otherwise, there won't be a community. Yeah, yeah. I, I well, we're, we're I think it's starting to build up, trend in a better, positive, more positive way now. Because the last the last couple of months, we've seen quite a few independent films. Oh yeah, and we've seen a lot of the same independent filmmakers there. Uh, there could be a lot more because there's apparently a lot more in St. Louis. <laughs> yeah, from what I see, people pushing, but but I don't always see them like you said. But it's trending in a. It's turning in a better. It feels like thing. it is. I mean, it, that's it's so important. Mm. It, I mean, you you gotta go out and watch other people's stuff because you can't just keep you can't keep taking right. Yeah, right? you can't just keep yeah. expecting people to support your crowdfund, support your film, support your whatever if you don't do the same thing for them. It's, no, I completely agree. I have a stack of films that either I had bought or that people had handed me, and. Yeah, I, I have a stack at my house that when I take my break in January, those are the first ones I'm going to like start digging through. And they're all independent films. Mm-hmm. Like, they're all independent cool, films. Cool, man. Yeah. No, no, I mean, like, lately, if it's not older, like, 80s films or earlier or independent, I have very little interest in, <laughs> in watching it. I mean, there's some newer films that come out, but I feel like a lot of them are so similar. Like, a lot, of, especially a lot of more modern horror, they're so polished and yeah the formula and yeah yeah, and like i'm not a fan of blumhouse like i don't know what the hell they're doing i guess they're making money but they're they're making money (laughs) but i I mean (laughs) i'm not i'm not overall there's a few that snuck in there but i'm not a huge fan of like downer horror yeah and what i mean by downer horror like the movies that i like the most are as far as horror films and they're mostly from the uh Mostly from the early 80s, 80s, but the stuff that I really have mm. always liked the most is The Thing. Oh. American Werewolf in London. Horror's a da- uh, the Thing is a downer. It is <laughs> and it's not. It has a satisfying ending. I see what you're saying. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and American Werewolf in London, yeah, I mean, he right. dies in the end. Yeah. But it hey. still has a very sad... Well, it's a 40-year-old <laughs> movie, man. <laughs> Spoiler alert. But, I mean, I, I don't like something that... How can I put it? Like like a lot of the modern horror films just have this kind of negative downer. You don't give a shit about any of the characters, and it just ends. It's yeah. like, why did I invest my uh, time in this? Even The Shining is awesome. Yeah, it is. <laughs> the Shining. Okay, Wendy and Danny, they get away, right? Yep. And and Jack freezes to death. We, me, my girlfriend, she had she had never seen it all the way through. Oh, really? Yeah. So we just watched it. I don't know a couple nights ago, and I'm like. Damn, it's such a good movie. Yeah. And, you know, she was jumping and she was scared. Because it holds up. It holds up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's the kind of stuff that really moves me and the kind of stuff I want to make. And I'm not saying Red Knight is on par with any of those films. But, right. you know, I, I like something that, that leaves you with something other than, what the hell did I just watch? Yeah. You know? I, 
I feel like I, there's two main kinds of films that I, I enjoy. And one is What the Hell Did I Just Watch? I actually do like those. <laughs> As you could tell, I mean, you watch Triple Xmas, you know that you probably had that feeling of What the Hell Did I Just Watch? No, I mean, that's fair. Sense, I mean, I think that's a fair. I think that's a fair. <laughs> uh, that's and, uh, fair. And that's hey, kind of what. That's watch kind it of, again. Yeah, yeah. Watch it again. If you didn't understand the first time, watch it again. <laughs> no, but it, it was it was a fun movie. Right. It, it was that, that was the goal. Yeah. It wasn't right. a downer. It wasn't yeah, like yeah, super no, negative. No, no, no. Yeah. You know, you it was fun. Yeah. It was fun. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's usually when I'm I send out a screener or if I ask anyone, I, that's what I'll ask them is, did you have fun with it? Because mm. that was what I was going for. Right. No. no. Obviously, you know. Mm. Um. And so I think there's the fun movies, and then there's the ones that I think you're kind of a little maybe more interested in, and those are the ones that keep you thinking about them after the fact. Yeah. Right? And kind of, yeah, yeah. And I, I love those also. I mean, like, I don't know. I, film is just, like, in general, it's just, to me, it's always been, it's like my first love, honestly. Like, I, I just love film. I love watching movies. I love making movies. It's way easier to watch them. It's way easier. <laughs> it's way easier to watch them. It's you're right. It's easier to watch them. Hell, it's easier to make them. It's hard as hell to sell it. It is. Oh, well, that's yeah. a real bitch. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I wanted to go back around to with uh, you had mentioned marketing and social media. If you're ever not sure what to say to get people to respond to a post, just ask them an open-ended question. Because if I ask you a question, mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, most people want to hear themselves talk. Bill Mosley is perfect with that. He does at the end, like what's inquiring monsters. You yeah, know. yeah. He's got you know. It, it is. It's a way to get the feedback. Yeah. It's a way to get people talking. You're right. It's a way it's people per, it's can a good, respond to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I've seen firsthand companies have spreadsheets of questions to ask that were pre-planned mm. that they that they approached it that way. And I've been sent them and told you can use something like this, just don't use these. Really? Wow. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. So you're digging deep. When you start to mm-hmm. dig deep on these things, you can start to understand how it works a little better. Right. And then you can attack it from that angle, you know? Uh, a guy that was in the film, uh, Joey Man, he played uh, Mike, the boom the boom pole guy. Yep. He, uh, the audio guy. He, um, he made a short film with another actress that's involved, Morgan, who played the lead. Yep. And I told him, I said, if you really want to start getting people to engage, because they wanted to raise, I think, five grand or whatever for the short film. And they, I think they raised most of it, you know? I said, the first thing you need to do is go ask an open-ended question. And he did it. And then, like, he had, like, 40 or 50 replies. And, he's, and he messaged me back. He's like, holy shit, that works. I was like, yeah. it's a good idea. It does work, actually, yeah. I like, It stays in the feed, the more questions. It keeps... Yeah, yeah. and hopefully through. somebody clicks on that, and or not clicks on it, but they get talking about something, and something right. happens, and it sparks a whole other. And even if that doesn't happen, it's telling the algorithm that your feed is important enough to show to other people. That's and that's what you want. That's yep. why you know, like you make the Gremlins post. I I love Gremlins. I I will watch Gremlins this year. You make the Gremlins post. It's like an evergreen post. It's where mm-hmm. everyone loves Gremlins. Well, most people love Gremlins. And even if they don't love it, they'll tell you they don't love it. Either way, they're feeding the <laughs> right. algorithm that puts me in front of them more. Yeah. Well, here's the thing about Gremlins because I mean I I hadn't seen it in years and years. Bought yeah. the Blu-ray a couple of years ago. It's a fun movie, but it's actually pretty shitty. Like the main, what's the, I can't remember what's the, what's the main character's Billy. name? Billy. Billy. Billy's a fucking moron. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I didn't realize that you know whatever forty years ago when I first saw no, the first Billy came out. Gizmo. Yeah. But I, I I just rewatched it like last year. I'm like Billy is a fucking idiot. No, his dad was an idiot. His dad was an idiot, but so was Billy. His dad was an no, idiot. Was his dad like an adventure I, I, I or something? Billy. An adventure of things that never worked. Yeah. And he brought Gizmo to him. Yeah. Yeah. So like that's the, that's why he's saying he's an idiot. But yeah. no, everything Billy yeah, does in the movie, just watch it again. <laughs> watch it again, and everything that happens is because Billy's a fuck up. Well, that's that's the catalyst, though. <laughs> well, you wouldn't you have need a that movie character in there. What's yeah, Billy that, doing today? You wouldn't, you wouldn't have a gremlin if all you had was a mogwai not doing getting into trouble, man. That's right. You have to have somebody. But guess to what up. happens at the end? Town gets destroyed and the thing goes back to the old the old Chinese guy or whatever whatever he was, Japanese or whatever he right, was. Don't yeah. get me wrong, I love gremlins, but Billy's a Billy's a moron. Billy, yeah. He's a first class idiot. Have you guys seen Fright Night? You know Fright oh, Night. Oh, I love yeah, Fright Night. Have you ever looked at the guy uh, I can't remember his name, Rod? Is it Rod something? The older guy from the Planet of the Apes? Oh, Roddy McDowell. Roddy McDowell, thank you. Uh, you ever watch, like, have you watched it recently? No. He doesn't have gray hair. He has silver white. They painted his hair, like, white. <laughs> and if you watch it on Blu-ray, it's the most obviously ridiculous <laughs> thing, just to make him look older. Like, and, and now I can't not see it. It doesn't ruin the film for me, but it's like, why? 
why is his hair white, white? Like, it's not even like... Because he didn't know the well, technology they, was going to yeah. catch up to the, <laughs> to the makeup. I, yeah, I Jeff was not around. No, it was I, like when High Jeff yeah. came out and the newscasters no, were no, all like on. It was like, what I never hell? noticed that, but man... Now you have to go uh, back and rewatch it. I, man, I love Fright Night. That is that is one of my top vampire movies. Yeah, it's, it's a good, good one. It's so good. It's it is. Good. Yeah. Hopefully this won't ruin it for you. They can't unsee it. They can't unthink it. Right, yeah, yeah. Well... I, I, before we wrap up, because I know it's getting late, because we did, had to do this twice, Chris. But um, <laughs> uh, go back to where we can see Triple Xmas. Yeah, so um, it's I mean like MonsterKidFilms.com. Okay. Triple uh, Xmas. Uh, it'll show you. It'll give you MonsterKidFilms.com. It'll take you. You can click on Triple Xmas. It'll show you anywhere where it's screening. It'll show you um, the streaming links where you can buy it. It's all there for sure. Uh, newvillagevideo.com forward slash XXX dash mus. And that'll, that'll you, take you there also. Do you think the village, say the village one again? New village video. New village video. Mm-hmm. Do you think they will have their own platform eventually? Ma- maybe eventually. I think they actually just started this uh, a couple years ago. Really? Uh, okay. So, yeah, I, I think that's really tough. That's a whole other conversation that I think that I've seen a lot of people start to like try to dig into. Mm -hmm. They may not need to, and they may not want to because it's becoming so overly saturated right Mm -hmm. now. Who am I to say this? But I think that we're probably going to start seeing a pairing down of streaming services or like, or like them like teaming up and then doing a bundled package like cable. I think that's probably. I think you're going to get a few more Netflix come out of this that you're going to see blossom into these things and that's going to probably cap it out at that. And then you're right, you're going to see a bunch of these have to survive so they're going to have to team up. I think we're almost at the tipping point. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, years ago when video stores were a thing and it exploded and then there was a video store in every corner and then eventually they all got... Well, Blockbuster, Blockbuster came, right. killed them, right. and, and Hollywood Video, and then streaming killed. And Netflix killed, killed Blockbuster. Yeah, right. Do you remember? Uh, I know we're going to wrap this up, but do you remember like going through Schnooks or like any shopping, whatever? They all had video. The Red yeah. Box. They, not, only, not only did they have like the video stores, but some of them had them just on the end aisle where you could rent videos, like sitting mm-hmm. on the end, like at the checkout. No, I had a Schnooks card yeah, to yeah, rent yeah. videos yeah, and stuff. Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, like you're right; it was everywhere. Yeah, yeah. and well, now it's you know gone. Yeah. Well, where I think it's kind of headed is with this AVOD really picking up for yes. us to get our, our money. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I kind of like what Paramount has done. Like, I, I watch Yellowstone a lot. It's a huge success, right? Sure. So you have to buy the, the, the Paramount Plus platform, right? Mm-hmm. And then they throw commercials in it anyway. Yeah. Right? So yeah. they're double dipping a little bit. The way it seems to me with the AVOD really picking up, is and I, I hope it doesn't go to this. I've mentioned this to you before, Chris. But if they're gonna start throwing commercials in your your movie to make money, which I get, that's mm-hmm. what you need to do. Do you think we're gonna have to start writing in almost like an episodic type mm-hmm. of I don't know you, episodes? You, you've mentioned this, but I don't think so because okay, here's the thing about Abot ad based video on demand. Right. This was the platform what we had growing up forever before cable. You you watch TV, you watch a commercial. That was that was part of the uh, part of the equation. Yeah. And there were always old movies shown or, on TV. Yeah. There was, you know, Channel 11, local station, Channel 30, they they showed old movies all the time and those movies were, you know, first run films back in the day, so they were not they were not designed, they were not written but, for but commercial. They, but they do cut things out to fit the time slot. Sure. Yeah. You know, one thing that I know Film Hub does is it gives you the option, and it only is within a couple minutes, like because they want you to. They're going to run ads every right. ten minutes, Skip twelve or minutes, whatever. whatever. Um, but like they'll give you an option: do you want it at the ten minute mark or the twelve minute mark? And they'll let you like get in there and like. Now I didn't do it for Triple Xmas. I did for Fontaine, uh, where I like actually picked where I thought that it would be best. Um, and usually it was like right before the cut or right at the cut. I also feel like AI is going to be getting so good that it'll be able to find the cut and just place that, see, it see that would be great. That would be nice because yeah. so far what I've seen is when I've watched some independent films on like on Hulu or whatever Tubi. Yeah. Man, it'll be in the middle of a sentence even. They don't give uh, a shit. Yeah, but I think they have to find that it's not about it's the timing of where the commercial is for the for the span of how the viewer's looking at it. That's that's what the marketing's all about. Yeah. Not about so that's why it's just stuck in there. That's why they say between eight thirty and eight forty five mm-hmm. there has to be a commercial because you know after that they may not be watching this movie again. 
right? So yeah, they got that sure. all figured out on the human psyche. They yeah, understand yeah, yeah. where ads go in. They understand all that stuff. So I agree with what you're saying. You may have to say eight minutes into this movie because you know that eight minutes is the key point or 10 or 12. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's why there's less commercials at the end, right? Yeah, yeah. I, or yeah, less ads. I, I think you're onto something. Like, it's all going back to what, like, will get them the best results. Right, they don't care what your 100%. movie is because they're not yeah. even pairing commercials with movies yet. Yeah. To say, right, they may throw a tampon or ad in right. the middle of a film that has nothing to do with that females watching. even watching it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so they haven't even paired that yet. They said that's a strategy that they yeah. need to get better at. It's um, coming. Exactly. Yeah, um, I would think so. I know that, um, I know. I brought him up several times, but Jay Horton had interviewed someone and he was from like an analytical, like um, marketing background where it was all about the numbers and how things correspond. And mm-hmm. I don't remember what his title was specifically, but he was talking about how your film being popped up on like any kind of platform, not, not platform, but just showing up in people's feeds or anything. Mm-hmm. It's more likely going to be promoted. If you have things like pictures of that, the actors have pictures on IMDB, you know, and Amazon owns IMDB. So like, if all the actors have pictures, the director has a picture. It's gonna like and like no, one, there's not a human doing this. It's all that's all mm. that's like a software. It's doing that. Yeah. And on down the line, so there's a lot of these little things that we don't even think about that they do think about, and they have these statistics and these numbers backing up what'll lead to more, you know, a more likelihood that someone's gonna watch it, and they feed that into the overall algorithm, and that kind of feeds the decision making on their end. You know, it's interesting. Like, I didn't think about it from those standpoints, but it makes sense. But I think that's why they want to redo your key art or your... Sure. Because they have no. that supposed information that they've done because they paid for the research or they paid no. for this. And they say, if you did this with these people, right. this is this is why it's going to sell right. better. I heard, can... recent, I heard recently also it's good to have more than one poster that mm-hmm. a month after your release, if you do another poster, like, Ooh. people will be like, oh, I haven't seen this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, or even if they did, maybe it's another, if they saw the poster before, but now they're seeing a different poster, it, it may relate to them in a different way and it may bring them in when before the other one didn't for whatever reason. Yeah. It's interesting. I don't there's know. No, that's interesting. I, I think there's ad dollars to be thrown out. They're getting such a great deal to be on these little platforms. Mm-hmm. They have ad dollars to spend. And that's where we, I think we all can benefit from that. And that's why I think these, these, um, um, platforms are very popular for us right now. Yeah. yeah. So. Good for us. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, look at us. Yeah. <laughs> you know what else is popular? What's that, Greg? <laughs> when we talk about the highs, the lows, and the in betweens, true independent filmmaking. We we covered it all today, I think. Yes, Twice. we did <laughs> on the Any Film Sucks podcast. <laughs> thanks to James Dean for thank you, stepping thank in. You guys. Thanks. Absolutely. Thank good you. good no. luck to your film. Yeah, no, thank you, thank you. And we're on I appreciate all the social it. stuff, and you know, whatever, yeah. blah blah blah. Denmark, if you're still out there, buddy, we miss you. <laughs> We do. (laughs) Good night. (laughs) All right, thanks, guys. Indie film sucks. Indie film sucks. It's the Indie Film Sucks Podcast. Yeah.